Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast. In the studio today, we have myself, Anthony, and Al. Justin's going to be on vacation for a bit, so it's just the two of us manning the Ozone today. And Al, I got a quick question for you. I was taking a look in my closet, and I I have a, a decent collection size of uh, different Magic uniforms over the year. And on social media, I saw that someone had a kind of like a tournament bracket of Orlando Magic uniforms. My question to you is, what would you say, in your honest, humble opinion, is your all-time favorite Magic uniform? Oh man, it's gotta be, it's gotta be one of the classics, man. It's gotta be one of the Shaq and Penny pinstripe jerseys. Uh, but you got you got options, right? Because I, obviously the 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 only right answer to this question is pinstripes, right? If if you're it's gotta be. if you're if your choice doesn't have pinstripes included, then no one can really take that answer seriously. But you have options, right? You got black. With pinstripes, you got the white with pinstripes, you got the blue with pinstripes. You know what? So that that was my thing. So so for me, if you if you gave me the choice, it's got to be the blue one. That's like my my hands down my favorite jersey. And that was I was so excited when they brought it back a few years back, and then so depressed when they took it away after just a couple of years. Uh, but that for me is an, it's my all time favorite jersey. It's just everything about it just screams Orlando Magic to me. I like the blue pinstripes, always been a fan of it. I remember back when I was in high school, they, uh, I can't remember which brand ended up doing it, but they, they did kind of like an inverse type of deal where it was a all gray jersey with blue pinstripes, which is pretty crazy. They, they should probably incorporate that in the future. Um, but I, I've always liked the blue one. I, me, I, I'm all about the classic clean. I, I really like the white. I'm all about the white and the black pinstripes. I think that when when you take a look at it, one, in my opinion, it stands out. And granted, this is like this is back in the day, right? Because they really don't do it this way now. Nike kind of set the standard that you can just pick whatever jersey you want, just put it on the schedule. But back then, it was like the the white was home. That's it. That's that's that's, that's right. home court. So, you know, the the white pinstripes is what I always remember as a kid um, going to the games and and you know seeing them wear on the court on the floor. Yeah, now I gotta say a close second for me would be the the T Mac era, era, like the 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 stars yeah. jersey. Like that's a close second for yeah, me. Man. So it, it's again not a, not a, I wouldn't it wouldn't compare to the pinstripes. It's not even close for sure. But would I mind if they brought it back as a classic jersey? I wouldn't mind it at they, all. Um, I'm I'm honestly surprised that they haven't done that yet. It, it is such a because granted you can kind of tell that they're they're kind of itching towards it a little bit, right? But Man, it is such a it's such a classic favorite. When you talk about heart and hustle era, the T Mac stars is is something that stood out. Like you still have celebrities out there when they want to bring out a throwback. It's one of the jerseys that they wear. Like that T Mac star jerseys is I, I'll agree with you. Definitely my second favorite. My least yeah. my least favorite. Because there, there's always a lease. I'm not a fan of it whatsoever. Whatsoever, out of all the uniforms we've ever worn, my least favorite is it was kind of towards like the end of the Penny Hardaway era and the start of the Hard and Hustle era. 
um, the T Mac era, is when they were wearing like the all white. It was like literally all. It was like plain color. Yep. And it was just it yep. was just plain. They had a star right here on the kind of like on the collarbone era yep. area, and that was it. It was my by far my least favorite. Should never ever bring those back ever. It looked it, one. It looked like a Mavericks uniform. Two. <laughs> it was boring. There was no creativity. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like that before. It was bad. If you're talking about least favorite, one for me would be the Oladipo and Tobias Harris when they came out with that great oh, pinstripe. The sleeves. Oh. oh, the sleeves. What was that? What? Like? that? That's one thing. Again, that was nothing Orlando Magic to what, me. That was just what an Adidas no. experiment that was. They tried so hard to bring the sleeves out. That was not a good looking uniform. Not at all. At all. I, 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 well, not me. My brother bought it, got a customized one because at that time you really couldn't trust whatever player you had on the roster because everyone was getting traded left <laughs> and right. But um, he bought it. We shared the last name. I borrowed it from him, and it just it didn't feel right, man. Like, how do you no? How do you have a sleeved jersey? I can't. I honestly can't believe they ran with it. But I, I would agree that you can definitely throw one out there. Throw that one out there as one of the least favorite. That's the one. <laughs> so many different options, and you kind of fast forward. If you would have told me like five, six, seven years ago that we'll eventually have um, the city edition uniforms that we have now with the orange theme, I, I would have told you one, that's not a good idea. Two. That's crazy, but I, I'm a fan of them. So, oh, big time! But you know one thing, and talking about uniforms right now, I've been noticing a lot uh, at the arena right now. There's a lot, of, like a lot of marketing, or just simply Corey and DJ Strong. They're wearing a lot of throwback Magic stuff, and I've been wondering. Is that a little hint that we're heading towards? Uh, rebrand which we need to do we have had the same uniform same logo since the dwight days in 09 so i'm like wait does that mean that we're kind of hinting that that's kind of where we're going next are we going kind of retro which some teams have done some teams have gone kind of back to the classics um and man i would love for the magic to pull that off especially in a year like next year when you have this youth movement with j.i healthy markel healthy the energy will be in the building every night if, if those guys can step up and play well and then you add the look to the magic um, so just a little weird thing that I've noticed lately with the magic. It's a lot of throwback stuff being thrown around in, in, in the billboards. Again, the, the magic personnel in the games wearing throwbacks. So fun to see what happens with that. Man, if I, if I can bring anything back, if you were to ask me, Hey, and what's, what's the one thing that you would talk to them and tell them, push them to bring back would be the old school arena, uh, court that, just, oh, just yeah. give me that give me that old school basketball right there the the our primary first logo right there in the middle give give me that that's that's all that i asked for bring me that old school logo the old school court with the old school unis and i'll be happy yeah i think you and many magic fans including myself would appreciate that for sure yeah all right man that was that was a great topic Always love talking about uniforms, but let's let's get into the numbers. So currently, the Magic are sitting eight and eleven, holding the ninth seed in the East. Our offense have not gotten better. We're we're averaging one hundred five point six points per game, sitting at twenty eighth in the NBA, shooting thirty four point nine percent from the three point line, sitting at twenty third in the NBA with a very very hideous offensive rating. 
105.5, 24th in the league. Defense, um, it's better than our offense, but again, loads rooms of improvement. 110.6 points allowed per game, has us 15th in the NBA, 3.8 blocks a game, puts us 27th, and our defensive rating is 110.7, which has us 20th in the league. Um, we had four games, so covering the last four games, Friday, Orlando, we played against um, the Indiana Pacers, lost that one, that was a nail-biter, 120-118, Sunday against Charlotte, 107-104, to another nail-biter, Monday, Charlotte again, got our revenge, 117-108, Cole Anthony definitely took that game away from uh, from uh, LaMelo Ball, and then Wednesday's game, Sacramento, 121 over Orlando, 107. Um, man, it, it's, it feels like Ma- magic. They, they've always had this weird way of like bringing you up and then just making you crash right down, like immediately after, um, we, we had the, the crazy game with Cole Anthony, um, where he now wants to, he wants to be called Mr. Anthony, um, because two really cool <laughs> facts is, um, he's definitely holding things over his dad a little bit. His uh, father, Greg Anthony. His father, Greg Anthony, uh, he's never hit a game-winning shot before ever in his career, or as a rookie, I guess. And um, he's never scored more than 21 points as a rookie in his rookie season. So he's definitely holding some things over his dad and says that I'm I'm the one, I'm the guy that's going to hold the Anthony Mantle. But what were some of the things that stood out to you in the games that you watched? Man, first of all, I love that that the energy that Cole Anthony has. We we know that already. This kid is super confident, and I love the fact that he wants to be better than his dad at everything. Um, so I love that. Uh, but this game's like you said, man. We we predicted last week. Me and you agreed a two and two week. And looking back at those opponents that we played, we should have easily gone at least two and two at the very least. Um, I know we're all kind of Magic fans right now. We're all confused. You know, what do we do? Do we want to tank? Do we want to win? What do, do we want to compete? Deep down, we got to admit, we're all Magic fans. We want this team to win at the end of the day. If, if the game is close, you want to get that win, right? Um, and we had, a, again, the Indiana game, we had that game. We Some bad calls by the referees. Some silly things happened on the, on the stretch. We lost that game. Charlotte on Sunday, we had a double-digit lead late in the third quarter, heading into the fourth. We had a 13-point lead. We blew that one. Monday, awesome game. The team played more like the Magic. P- perfect. But then we dropped the ball completely last night against Sacramento and we lose that game a game that we should have had Sacramento has the NBA's worst defense and we could I mean I don't get it man it was just uh, we did not come prepared Aaron Gordon in particular I don't know about you if you noticed this but what happened to this guy last night he was not there physically he was not there mentally he was just not in the game um and obviously it showed it I think two points he scored three points in the game um but yeah man just a disappointing week overall um if we are Pro tank, awesome week. If we want to still make the playoffs and, and have some hope, it wasn't the week for us to be excited for sure. I don't know for the for the tankers out there. It was it was an awesome week, right? Because yeah. if you're if you're hoping that the Magic are tanking for a high NBA draft lottery, right? You're you're still watching these games. You're hoping that you're going to get a really good game, really good competitive game, and then ultimately let the game slip at the end. So this is a perfect week for you. At the same time, man, if you truly have passion for for this team and really love the team and you've been following them for years, you're super invested. You don't want to see it's like it's like seeing your kid get their butt whooped, right? You don't want to see nothing happen. And 
it, it's hard to watch, man, because I, I feel, I honestly feel bad for Nikola Vucevic. I feel like we're stealing away one of his prime years. Uh, part of me wants him to retire in Orlando Magic. The other part of me kind of feels like he deserves to be able to go somewhere and, and really showcase what he's able to do with, you know, a solid team around him. But it's it's tough, man, because, you know, it, it's this is a completely different team when healthy. And you can kind of see on the floor, uh, for example, Aaron Gordon, he looks disengaged. He doesn't look happy. He doesn't look like he's fun, having fun out there. Um, a lot of it could be struggles offensively. Uh, a lot of it could be that he maybe doesn't like playing the point guard position that he's kind of being forced to do right now. It could be a lot of different aspects, but Aaron Gordon is is a player that in order for this team to be competitive, we need him, and he's not showing up. Yeah, again, I don't know what happened last night. He had been doing okay. Like I'm going to say the last few few games, he was doing okay as, as that backup point guard, and he was playing well, like passing the ball well, rebounding well. But, man, last night I just sat there watching the game at Amway, and I'm like, what's going on? And even like you mentioned, he looked disengaged completely. Like even whenever he got subbed out, like he would just hang his head and go to the bench kind of looking down at it. It was just, again, a weird look altogether. I've seen AG's ups and downs throughout his career with the Magic, but – Something different last night about his game and how he showed up. Um, mainly hope he's okay. Hope everything everything is per, his personal life. It's fine, but um, again, just not a night for him to have that type of a game, unfortunately. And we sit here with a one and three week, ninth seed, barely holding on to that play of hope right now. Um, and just so you know, we have the toughest remaining schedule in the NBA the rest of the way. So if we couldn't uh, take advantage of these games at home against his opponents. It's not looking much better for us the rest of the way. The The only positive side is, because um, I said this even in the beginning of the season, is the main thing that I'm looking forward to, if you don't have your Jonathan Isaac, who, in my opinion, is is the anchor of this team that will go as high and as far as he as he leads us, um, is the fact that you're, you're getting a developed Cole Anthony. Uh, I can't remember where I saw the post, but Cole Anthony is leading in minutes played um, in the NBA amongst rookies. He's leading in points made in the NBA amongst rookies. Like you're getting a developed player. If there's, if there's, there's no better uh, developer practice than experience in the game. And just kind of thinking future-wise, this Cole Anthony at the end of the year, at the end of the season, combining him next season with the roster that we're going to have um, and when I say that, I'm, I'm focusing mainly on Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. We're going to be fun to watch, man. We're going to be super fun to watch. And, and one can only imagine how well, um, how well this team and that core can really go. Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's the one thing. I mean, go, watching the Magic right now, for me personally, it's all about seeing that Cole Anthony development. And, you know, watching him play on Monday night and having the game that he had, 21 points, career high. And just look at his numbers since he became a starter. You, if you look at, at the last games that he's played, his three-point shooting is off the hook right now. He's really like close to 50%. He is looking more confident. So like you said, the, the one that we're seeing right now, the, the Cole Anthony we're seeing today, won't be the same Cole that we'll be looking at in May. You know, he'll be like Markel last year. He got better as the season went along. But number one with him, he's all about confidence. And him getting those minutes, he being out there, you can't practice that enough, especially in a year like this one where there's so many games, the team's not even practicing. So for him to be out there getting that exposure, I'm excited. Um, and I hope Okiki, I know he's coming back soon, they're saying. Um, 
same thing. Once, once he comes back, him getting that 15 to 20 minutes a night, getting healthy, getting better, it's going to be huge for us going forward, which, back to your point, what makes it difficult is we do have an all-star in our team right now playing exceptional basketball, but unfortunately, it's kind of going to waste. Um, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Mo Bamba. So he's claiming in interviews, I'm healthy, I'm good to go. We understand it was a little setback with the whole COVID thing, uh, tracing a couple uh, a week ago now. Man, Mo Bamba cannot see the court. And I get him. Ken Burch is playing exceptional basketball right now. Amazing basketball. But this is a dude that you drafted sixth overall. The issue had been he wasn't healthy. The issue then became he's got COVID. The issue then became he can't keep up. He, he, the conditioning is not there. Man, this guy has been sitting at home in Orlando for an entire week and a half waiting for the team to come back. Can he get on a treadmill? Can he get on the court, run up and down the court? Like, there's ways to get him up to speed, right? On a game like last night, we're getting spanked by 20 points in the fourth quarter. Gary Clark is not being Gary Clark. He's not hitting threes. You cannot play him at center along with Ken Birch or Vooch. Like, I don't get it, man. It was, it's getting worrisome. I know on Twitter, on IG, a lot of people are talking about this topic and people are not happy. They want answers. We're not getting them. What, what are your thoughts on that? It's the whole Mobamba situation is weird because I feel like it's been literally one excuse after another for like the last two years. There's always something with Mobamba. And and we kind of hear a little bit from the players, right, with Cole Anthony's interview with Terrence Ross about his motor and falling asleep and all that. I, I get that that possibly could be an, an issue. At the same time, yo, this dude, Ken Birch, is literally stealing away your job. And it puts us in such a bad position because what do we do with Mo Bamba? It, it, it kind of reminds me almost of Alfred Payton, right? After his kind of his contract ended up like phasing out, uh, we traded him for nothing, for for second, for nothing. Pick. And Alfred Payton was supposed to be a, a really good prospect for nothing. And my fear is that that's what's going to happen with Mo Bamba. That there's not going to be an option. Magic are not going to want to extend him a contract. They're not going to want to put him as part of the future, and then we end up trading him for pennies on the dollar. It's it's crazy, though, because, again, you would think, Alfred Payton, one thing with him was he got a shot. We saw him. He couldn't make a shot. He couldn't make a mid-range shot. Um, just the offense didn't really flow when he but was he, the point he guard. he could at least get on the court. Exactly. So the issue is this. We're not even seeing this guy. We don't even know what he's got. He's put on, what is it, 25 pounds of muscle, all this crazy stuff we keep reading about. We haven't seen it because ever since he put on those muscles, he played like 10 minutes in the bubble. And then we've seen him on the court, I think, like a total of like 50 minutes this season, if that. So I feel bad for the kid because on his interview that he had, uh, one of those uh, media sessions that they do after practice, when they asked him that question, it's a tough not getting minutes, it's tough not getting on the court. You could tell his body language changed completely. He is dejected. He's, you could tell he's pissed about not getting minutes. And there's not a logical reason why. This team is down five rotation players at this moment. And still can't and get on Mo the court. And cannot get on the court still. So what's going to happen when Aminu comes back? Okiki, MCW. I don't know. But in, it's getting scary because it's an asset that we have. In all honesty, if I'm Coach Cliff, why would I play Mobamba over Ken Birch? Ken Birch is balling right now off the bench. 
Like he's doing such a good job. He's doing everything that you're asking him to do. And some like, yep. I, I get it a hundred percent, but you know, you, you did invest like drafting Mobamba with your six pick. That's an investment. You had so many other options. That is your investment. And it's kind of crazy uh, thinking back, like, damn, man, we were, we were just one draft pick shy, just one of, of having a game-changing player of the franchise. But that's why a lot, of, um, a lot of people disagree with tanking, because just because you have a high draft lottery does not mean that you're going to get back a stud. Doesn't mean that. That's right. That's why, in my opinion, if the Magic decide, hey, we got to rebuild and we're going to go for losing or just playing the young guys, let's call it that, you got to do that early in the season. Because we've seen what happens with the Magic. They try to be competitive for three quarters of the season. They win 29, 30 games. By the time we decide to tank, it's too late. All the teams are already horrible the whole season. So now we end up picking 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th. And we all know the difference makers most of the time are going to be in the top three, top four. Uh, which we've never been able to get there. It's unfortunate, but um, I just get concerned too because again, Cole Anthony and Mobamba are like really, really close friends. They 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 talk a lot, spend a lot of time together. They're really close. Yeah, but but the love that Cole Anthony has gotten, Mobamba never got that. He probably never will. But my thing is though, if they're so close, what's Cole's perspective on the whole situation? Coming in, Saruki, seeing his best friend on the team, top pick, and now you're not getting any minutes. Like, I wonder how that ru- is rubbing him off in, in a way, you know? Because, um, again, back to Gary Clark. If he's out there and I get, not playing you the best games, I'm hitting three-pointers, do you switch it up? You say, hey, Cam, go play the four, like you do when you're out there with Vooch, and you let uh, Mo Bamba be that, that stretch five, that guy that's kind of sitting by the three-point line, setting picks. But we haven't seen that at all. Uh, Cliff, I don't. All. I don't know what it is. Cliff, I, obviously they're not going to say it, but something's not right with Cliff and Mo. There's there's a di- there's a disconnect be. there, and, and the most obvious proof of that was when uh, Steve Clifford said that he's ways away, and then Mo Bama decides to hit up Josh Robbins and say, "Hey, interview me," and comes out and says, "Oh, that's just coach being coach. He thinks that if you're not playing right now, that you're ways away, but I'm good. I'm fine." There's something, yeah, there's man. something going on, man, and I, I hope that for Mo's sake, because uh, I, I am a fan of Mo, and not necessarily a fan saying that you know I, I love his game, but I'm, I'm rooting for him. He's, he's wearing a magic jersey. Why wouldn't you want to root for the kid? You want, you want to root for his success. I just hope that and not only that something comes. Not from only him. that, but I think we all need that potential that he came into the league with to play out. Even if it is to become a, a really solid back of five, this du- but this dude, something. This dude came into the league with uh, his mentor supposed to be Kevin Garnett. Like I remember the promotional yep. videos of of them kind of talking back and forth and working out with each. Like you, I expected a Kevin Garnett, Car- Kevin Garnesque type player. Mo, I don't know why that was amazing promoting and, and marketing but that's what i expected and we've gotten none yeah. of that it, it's unfortunate man like i said it, again you look at that draft the people that were drafted after mo too there were some really good guards that were picked afterwards and you look back you realize hey we drafted mo bamba when we had nikola vucevic who a year later we gave a hundred million dollars to come back for a four-year deal so again unfortunately i'm pretty sure this front office looks back at that draft and they think 
why did we do this? Or maybe not. It just might, it might just be bad luck. But again, I understood it before as a fan as, hey, most hurt. Unfortunately, the injuries, kind of like J.I., injuries have kept him out of, out of the court. But right now, this season, we're struggling. We don't have the bodies. And we're not seeing him play. It's just a little concerning. And as a Magic fan, unfortunately, we want him to succeed in this organization and do well. Because, again, we need him to be that player that we drafted. All the potential we needed to play out. Yeah, and just just kind of looking back, like, you had really good options after Mobamba, right? And just taking a look, you had Colin Sexton, if you were looking for a point guard, Miles Bridges, Michael Porter Jr., there, there was there was really good options to fill that role, and it, it's it's a shame because when you miss on those opportunities, you're really hindering the 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 future possibilities of your team. So that Big time. so we're we're gonna talk about it more in a little bit, um, but I, I say we just jump into our um, ozone mailbag. So what we decided to do for this episode is really focus on the questions from from you guys, um, and some of the questions that we receive, we're gonna read them. Uh, give you guys a shout out and then just kind of give you our responses to your questions. So this very first one comes from Ben underscore new underscore 23 on Instagram. And he asks, where would Orlando stand right now with a healthy roster? Oh, man, I would have to say we're talking about J.I. being healthy. We're, we're being talking healthy, about right? like a 100% fully. We, we got Amino back. Chuma Kiki's on the court lacing him up. Everyone is healthy. I will tell you what. So I'm researching here quickly that the NBA um, standings in the East, because I can tell you right now, man, with the schedule that we've had so far with a healthy roster, I will say that Magic would be third in the East right now. Indiana's currently third at 11 and seven. So if you add to this team, J.I., Markel, and everyone else, I Firmly believe we would be right there with Indiana and Milwaukee fighting for that second, third seed um, in the East right now. Number one, the continuity in our team. We, we've had this team forever together. They, they know each other. They, they know how to play together. We saw a glimpse of it when Markel was healthy. Six and two start to the season. Add J.I. to that. And the easy schedule that we've had, we could have easily been, I don't know, 12 and four at this point, whatever, whatever it is. So if you ask me, that's where I see this team right now. They would have been second or third in the East. Uh, would they have stayed there the whole season? Probably not. But at this moment, that's where I would see them. I, I think the second in the East, I think that's super ambitious. I, I like it, though. I, I'm not going to disagree with you because who knows. But I, I think realistically, um, if I'm comparing, I, I and I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking to end the season. I could easily see... Um, our team be fifth in these with a healthy roster. I'm talking about fully healthy defensive player of the year type Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz coming back um, from a more experienced mindset and experienced level of play. Cole Anthony and Terrence Ross coming off the bench. Man, I, I really, really miss seeing um, our second unit from the start of the season. Um, and, and just comparing the team, I, I think that this team would be so much better than the Indiana Pacers, who are oh, right yeah. now third in the third. NBA. So right now, the standings in the NBA, just so that we can have perspective. Philadelphia is holding down the one spot. Milwaukee, two. Pacers, three. Nets, four. Celtics, five. Cavaliers, six. What? 
Hawks 7, Knicks 8, and then the Orlando Magic. But the funny part is, so when I answer that question, I looked at the record, right? So Indiana right now, 11-7. and seven. Do you think that currently, if the team was healthy, with the start that we had, we would be better than 11-7 and seven right now? And that, that's without Jonathan Isaac. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hey, like so I really without, feel that if- without Jonathan Isaac, I still had hopes for this season. I thought that we were still yeah. going to do all right. We were already doing better than people expected. Kendrick Perkins was apologizing on national television. <laughs> so I, I that's why that's why I threw the the number three or two out there in the East because compared to what teams are looking like right now, and it's a weird season again. Pe- teams are not practicing; they were rushing into the season. Look at the Miami Heat right now. They're out of the playoffs. The Raptors, out of the playoffs. So it's a funky year, which would have worked in our favor. The continuity. We actually have fans in the arena. Many teams don't have fans in the arena. So we have all these little things kind of playing in our favor. I, would, I could tell you, if J.I. and Markel were playing right now, we would be shocking a lot of people in the East that were not expecting us to be that good. Um, unfortunately, though, back to reality. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and and taking a look at the standings, I'm noticing, I can't believe that we're talking about the Knicks and the Cavaliers right now are top eight in the Eastern Conference. The the Knicks and the Cavs, like, put that in perspective. It's a funky season. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Shouts out to Tom Thibodeau and Colin Sexton. That's crazy. All right. So this next question comes from Omar underscore OMD underscore on Instagram, where he asks, with the injuries to Jonathan Isaac and Markel, is a timeline for this team ruined? Um, I, I, no. I guess it depends on what he means exactly by by timeline. Are we are we talking this season? Are we talking about development for next season? That's what I'm trying to figure out myself. Because if it is for this season, it definitely it's ruined. I mean, even if we make the the playing tournament, what's the best case scenario? You play Brooklyn in the first round, and you guess. Oh, I'm sorry, in the playing tournament, we'll play one of those two, those three teams, right? We wouldn't compete, in my opinion. But if you tell me, oh, meet the eighth seed, you play Brooklyn, Milwaukee, same thing as last year. We might get lucky with game one like we always do, but then what? Um, so you have another year of just making barely making it in. Um, Long term, though, no. I think our timeline has been delayed. Uh, all the hope right now in our franchise is around J.I., Markel, Cole Anthony, Okiki, as great as Vooch is. There's a, there's a cap as to how far he's going to be with this team and how long he can go with our team. Um, at some point, we're going to go young. And, and those are the guys that we're looking for. So it's delayed one season. Um, that's why there's so, so many people out there pro-tanking because they want to add another young court dude into the, that equation. But I think, again, for this season, completely it is. Going forward, it, it's just simply delayed right now. Yeah, you're, you're right. Long-term, I'm not worried about long-term. Uh, again, without Jonathan Isaac, I, I really didn't have full expectations for this season um and just kind of you mentioned the playing tournament i will have nightmares full-blown nightmares if we end up playing the knicks in a playing tournament and end up getting eliminated by the knicks in a playing tournament to make the playoffs that would drive me absolutely insane absolutely insane that's why i would rather that's what you gotta go i would rather 100 i would rather full-blown go young and kind of don't even make the playing tournament don't let us lose. Don't let us lose all that momentum from last two years. At least give me the excuse. The excuse is that we traded away everyone and all of our players were hurt. And that's why we didn't make it to the playing tournament. Don't give me exactly. the, we're fighting really, really hard. And then we play in the playing tournament and we're struggling against the Knicks. Because the Knicks, 
they handed us something. You know, they they did work on us, and it was it was embarrassing, man. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks are playing hard. They remind me of the 99 Knicks. They're playing all the Steve fans. They're playing tough basketball. Um, so like you said, I would not want to be in a playing tournament just to say we made it to this fake playoff that the NBA has created. I don't know. <laughs> if you're going to tank, tank correctly, finish 14th in the East and give me a top three pick, that's, that's why I'm so afraid of this core being together too long. Because like I said before, I feel like this team may win just enough games to be good enough to finish with a 12th pick in the, in the NBA draft. And as far as I know, ta- next year's draft is super talented. But the, the top talent is what's going to change your franchise. After the 10th pick, you may get some solid role players, but we don't want that. We have plenty of those already. Yeah, so this next one comes from Bree underscore Heck. And he asks, what are our realistic trade options to better the team. So again, I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking of does he mean for this season and kind of make a playoff push, or is he talking about for the future? I'm, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna automatically assume that um, he's referencing uh, the trade deadline. And if your answer is anything but Bradley Beal, you're crazy. Bradley Beal, 100%. Bradley Beal, right now is playing out of his mind. And he's doing this this thing that I kind of I kind of love because I think like some of it is kind of showboating a little bit, just kind of adding on to the drama. Go out, score forty seven points, go over to the bench and cry yourself a river. Like make <laughs> it make it public so that everyone sees it. It goes viral, kind of forces the hand of the Wizards to kind of think about doing something, anything. Um, Bradley Beal, it's he's went to the University of Florida. He's the type of shooting guard that this team absolutely needs. The question for you, or the question that you have to ask yourself is, are you willing to give up what the Wizards would ask for to get Bradley Beal? I know listeners can't see me, but I am nodding the crap out of my head right now, man, because I would give it all. I would. I know I've, I've thrown this out there a lot of times on Twitter or on IG, but I've said it before. I feel confident giving up Evan Fournier's expiring contract. Aaron Gordon, who unfortunately has not played out to his potential in Orlando. Do you want a Mo Bamba who's not playing for the Magic at this moment? Okay. You know, what's the difference? Okay. Let's throw him in there. The issue is, in today's NBA, with this trading of superstars, it's all about the picks. They won not one, not two. They won more than that. So then how far do the Magic go? Let's First, first off, let's, let's make it clear that the Orlando Magic were the king they're the ones that created this concept of just acquiring multiple draft picks in a trade. Like we started that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree. You're right. And if there's one thing that I can say positively about our front office is they, they made sure not to mortgage our future. We own all mm-hmm. of our draft picks, right? Is it worth it though? Is it worth giving up so much? There, Cause you would imagine that a team like the Wizards, they're going to want a young guy. And I don't think Mo is going to qualify in a young guy that they want. When we're looking at young guys, we're looking at Chuma. We're looking at Jonathan Isaac. We're looking at Markel Foltz. And we're looking at Cole Anthony. Are you willing to give up one of those four? So, I mean, if you look at the Rockets, right, they just traded the former MVP, James Harden. They got salary relief. They got four draft picks and then a bunch of pick swaps. Their player that I guess they got back was Oladipo at the end of the day, but he's expiring. 
is he even going to resign? So ultimately, they did it for the picks and a player that can help this season. The question is, you throwing out there Fournier, let's say, Gordon, and Mo Bamba's a sweetener with some picks and some pick swaps, I'm guessing, would be needed. Would that entice them? All of a sudden, they have a, a, a mark, not a marquee, but a guy that can at least play with, with Westbrook and Aaron Gordon. Evan Fournier can fill a void for at least this season. And then you got salary relief, really. And then you got picks coming your way. Would that be enough for them? In the magic side of things, I don't see the hesitation. We have four young guys or four or five guys to develop over the next few seasons. In Markel, J.I., Chuma, Cole Anthony. I'm not even counting Mobamba in that equation. At some point, you got to cash in on those assets. You don't need more young guys. Trade some of those picks and get a guy that can help you now. So why do I say this? Imagine a lineup next year. Markel Fultz, Bradley Beal, Jonathan Isaac, and you still got Nikola Vucevic in this, in this scenario. And say Okiki can now be a starter at the three. So now you got a solid team in the East to build, and you still got Terrence Strauss who's in the contract if you keep him around off the bench still. That's not a bad team in the East. You got scoring, you got defense, you got veterans, you got some young guys. I would assume that's the package the Magic have been waiting for to cash in all those assets so they have all those picks that they have. Because who else is out there? What other superstar do you predict over the next season or two averaging 25 plus a game that would want to come to Florida? He came from Florida. This is, this is to him. This is home to him in a way. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, because uh, honestly, the, the players that um, through rumors we've looked at were the Andrew Wiggins, the, the Buddy Heels. I don't, I don't want any of those players. I don't even want any of those type of players. And let's, let's say, let's say that we decide to keep our draft pick. Let's say that we're tanking for the lottery. Crazy draft class, right? You draft a new player next year, and that's another young player to your roster. Mm -hmm. We're already getting to the point that the front office, we have enough. I, w I honestly was shocked that we ended up keeping um, our, our draft pick this past season. Um, mm -hmm. as happy as I am with Cole Anthony, but I was shocked just because you already had Chumo Kiki. That's already a, a young player that you're developing. Now you're bringing in Cole Anthony. That's another player that you have to develop, uh, that you have to develop. So it's, it's like how many young players could you possibly have on a roster to where it's kind of no, like, all right, man, cash in your chips. And think about this. We've been trading away our second round picks, what, three years in a row now? Yeah. And our excuse is we have too many young guys. So that's the thing. You, and that's why I wouldn't want to be in the Magic front office. I wouldn't want to be the guy in charge of saying, let's pull the plug. I'll be honest with you because I am torn as a fan. I'm between do we keep building and keep winning and keep adding to what we have? Or you got to say, you know what, man? Let's just realize it's been three seasons that we've been here running the show. We've been waiting to be healthy. We haven't been. Let's go young. And that's the route you take, which I'm pretty sure they don't want to go that route because that would mean possibly not making the playoffs next season if you don't add some veterans off the bench. So I get it. It's a tough, tough decision. But that's their job. They're getting paid millions of dollars to make these decisions. Not me and you. We're fans. We, we, we have passion for the team. We're not making money out of this. We, we love the team. But they got to decide. And that's what I'm saying. If they decision, if they sit in a meeting and they say, you know what, man, we're going to move forward, keep building around Vooch, keep waiting for next season now with Markel and J.I. to come in and add more value to our team. 
let's cash it all in for a guy like Bradley Beal, who's still young, who can add scoring, which is what we've needed for, oh my goodness, how long now? So that's the thing. And they're not, you keep waiting for the right deal to come across, like the right guy. Bradley Beal is the dude that I've been saying for two years now. That's the one guy you got to go get because everyone else, Harding, it's a, it's, it's a headache. You don't want that in Orlando. Kyrie Irving, if he becomes available, he's another guy that just is going to bring issues to your locker room. You don't have many guys like Bradley Beal out there who don't, 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 they don't whine. They don't give you any issues. They go out there, they play ball, and they score the ball. So I don't know, man. It, it's, it's, I don't know if it's realistic or not for us to make that trade, but you would think with the assets that we have, it can be done. Yeah, and, and just, just to make a point real quick, um, Bradley Beal looking all sad on the bench, I do not feel bad for that man whatsoever because he didn't have to sign that extension. He didn't need to, to, to sign on that die and get paid out the way that he got paid out. He made that decision. He knew where the Wizards were going to be at. He knew the team. He knew the roster. He knew the coach. And now he's, he's sitting down pouting. You'll yeah, be okay. He's, he's getting paid. You're, you're getting, he's you're getting, getting paid, paid crazy. So he's got, he's got to take it. And shoot, I would have did the same thing. I would have did the exact hey, same thing. Listen, look, uh, looking at the whole Markel situation, look at that. He signed that extension, got hurt a few weeks later. Good for him hey. at the end of the day. Hey, you, you earned that salary. You earned that paycheck. Enjoy it. So Bradley Beal, he's healthy when he signed it. You never know what could happen to him in the future, but hopefully nothing. You got to cash in when you can. <laughs> All right. So this next one is from Raj Zavari on Instagram, where he asks, who do you think will be traded at the deadline? Um, I, I think that you, you kind of just look contract wise, Evan 40 makes the most sense, right? Well, especially if, if he's a guy that you realize and say, Hey, we're not bringing him back. I know we've talked about this a lot. I know Justin is not here today to, to defend Evan Fournier, but, um, the reality is if that's a guy that you're not going to sign in Orlando and resign again, you got to cash in and get something for him. Get a, a, a bench player that can help in the future, somebody. Um, another name that I know has been thrown out there a lot that I can see us trying to, again, explore some options is Aaron Gordon. Again, what's his future like? If, if GI's back in the season healthy, what do you do with him? But that's one I think we wait until the offseason to, to decide. Um, but yeah, I think that those are the two guys that I would keep my, on, my eye on. A crazy third one, Nikola Vucevic, if you're trying to cash in at an all-time high and you say we're going to go young. That's another name that I can see out there being thrown. Uh, we heard about T. Ross in a rumor yesterday. I don't, I don't know if I buy that too much. Um, we have no shooting. How can you throw, trade the one guy that can produce some shooting for us off the bench? I don't know. Um, so again, I would say Fournier is the most likely guy that we can trade, that we will trade. Yeah, it's it's crazy because you can honestly go so many different ways. Uh, at the same time, I wouldn't even be surprised if the Magic went on a fire sale. You know, just kind of because there's so many options. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is obviously going to be the one player that you're going to get the most for. Is he a player that I want to trade? Honestly, I do not. I think that he's been with us for so long, 10 seasons. He's balling out right now. We've always, we've never kept players. One of the, one of the things that hurt the relationship with Jameer Nelson, right, is we ended up trading him away. That's one dude that should have retired um, in a Magic uniform. I kind of think that Vucevic should be kind of put in that same mold. Um, 
Evan Fournier, it, there was rumors in the beginning of the season that he had interests and looked at other teams elsewhere. Um, I'm not even confident that he would even want to come back to the Magic. Like there, unless something crazy would have to happen with the front office to where they see something that we do not see, and their relationship is fine, and they love each other, and he's gonna end up staying long term. That's the only. Can you imagine how crazy the the Magic community, the fan base, would go if we gave this man an extension? Can you can you imagine? What would happen? I don't, even th- I don't even think it becomes about money at that point. I don't even think if even if it's a four year, fifty million. No, the it could still be like no, yeah, it could be no a way. crazy discount. It could be a crazy discount, and he agrees to come off the bench. For me personally, it's just about switch it up. We've had the same dudes on this team for four. Oh my god, not even four years since twenty fourteen. You've had Evan Fournier, Vucevic, and Gordon around here. I'm, again, I get it. The plan the front office laid out, looking at it now, if the team was healthy, like we talked about earlier, it would have looked good. I'm not going to lie to you. It would have looked good. A lot of it didn't make sense at the time when they were building it, but man, it would have looked good. But unfortunately, injuries got in the way. Unfortunately, we have to now make a decision. And you cannot keep playing this game off. Let's give it one more year. Let's give it one more year. Because at some point, the NBA moves on. Like You have to adapt to the, today's game. And our roster is currently built. It's not a today's NBA roster. We have no shooting. We have no shot creators. We're playing, honestly, we're playing 1990s, early 2000 basketball right now. It, it's, we got to switch it up. Vooch has adapted tremendously to today's NBA, but he needs help. He can't do it by himself. Yeah. So this, this actually, this next question is actually a perfect segue. G Galt 83 from Instagram asks, why does our management like team Hennigan? build so much why do we like their players and i this is a conversation that i feel i have way too often aaron gordon nikola vucevic evan fournier those are your core pieces and they've been your core for a minute but they're not they're not well they're not weltman's players they're not they're not this front office this is from the old regime why are they still on this roster you can look at it two ways, right? You can look at it with some perspective, right? If you're if you want to back up the front office. What I think that has happened, right, is we've had conversations with people. We've had conversations about Aaron Gordon. We've had conversations about Evan Fournier. Nikola Vucevic, I'm not 100 percent sold that we've had conversations, but Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon for sure. And what I think happens is Obviously, it takes two to be able to make a trade. What I think is that the offers that we've received haven't been good. Or they have been good, but they weren't good enough. Because the the battle has always been all oh, this front office. They they want to be they want to make the playoffs. That was their number one goal. Cool, we did that, right? The next is we want the players to be able to play in meaningful games. Cool, we did that. The The next is, well, the team hasn't been healthy. Everyone's injured, so we have no idea what this team is capable of. What I think the one of the major issues is that our front office, I think, overvalues our players. They overvalue Aaron Gordon. They overvalue Evan Fournier. And when these trade proposals pop up, 
we might like the deal, but we're not the ones that is pulling the trigger. It's the front office. And I think that there's just way too, they have way too much value um, in these players. And that's might be in them just speculating part of the reasons why a deal hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And I think we, we, we kind of saw a rumor about around Aaron Gordon last season coming out um, where Portland offered us Trevor Reese. I think it was in a second round pick. What does that tell you? Teams around the NBA look at us and they're like, Hey, the Orlando magic need to hit the restart. They're not going anywhere where they are. So we're not going to give you CJ McCollum for Aaron Gordon. We're going to give you a pick and a expiring contract so you can go ahead and speed up that rebuild that you need to do that we all know you're going to have to hit at some point. We don't want that. We're like, no, 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 no. We're going to compete. We're going to make the playoffs. We're going to develop our talent. But unfortunately, we keep getting hurt. Our team is never healthy enough. And now we're stuck. We're like in this middle place in the NBA, but we're like, not too bad, not too good, which is the worst place to be in the NBA. You always hear in the low podcast and all, the, all these other podcasts out there that are NBA analysts talking about teams, the worst spot to be in is in that middle spot where you're not too good or too bad. And that's 100% the Orlando Magic. We barely make the playoffs. Hey, awesome. We're making money in the playoffs. But we're not bad enough to get a good pick to help us get that, that top player that can take us in the franchise altering player. So to answer that question, I think it becomes a fact that the team hasn't realized that they have to either hit that reset button or they don't want to cash in all their assets to go get a player like Bradley Beal. They're also <laughs> confused and they don't know what to what to do. Um, as to the players themselves, I don't get it, man. Again, the listeners know I've been living in Orlando 2016. I go to Magic Games as often as I can. And I got to tell you, man, I'm tired. Like I, This season, it hit me again. I'm like, I can't watch these dudes again. Like I've been watching this since 2016. I'm back to watching Fuchs and Fournier lead the show and Gordon be the third, the third man. I'm like, I saw this back in 2016. It didn't work back then. Why is it going to work now? So I don't know. And that's why I think March 25th is a trade deadline. I posted it yesterday, 20, uh, 57 days left. Who's counting? I think it's going to be a, a year where we got to make some changes. And we as fans, I know we've gotten together. We got together last year expecting big moves. I do think this is the year the team has to make a decision because you can't go into the offseason with an expiring Fournier, what to do with Gordon, and then Vooch playing at all-time high and say, let's hold, let's hold our pieces and not bring back Fournier. But then what do you do? You have no money to go get a shooting guard. So it's, again, I wouldn't want to be the guy running the team right now. But I also don't understand why they like this dude so much to keep him here, despite what we've seen for so long. I feel like this is uh, this is the the trade deadline. This is the one where something happens. I honestly, I'll I'll be the first to tell you. I I feel like I say this every trade deadline, um, but I I don't. It's it just makes sense. How many times are you going to try and do the same thing over and over and over again? Uh, there's there's zero there's no respect for the Orlando Magic. You read um, other people's articles um, in the national media about the Orlando Magic, and they have one common theme: the Orlando Magic are mediocre. They don't do enough to push the needle. We're not good enough to to do damage in the playoffs and we're not bad enough to do damage in the lottery. Like we're, we're right there where it's, we're stagnant and that's, that's a major issue. You're right. It's one of the worst spots to be in the NBA. And unfortunately we've been sitting there for a minute. We we've after missing the playoffs for so long. Yes, we made it. And we won a game next season. Yes, we made it. And we won a game. 
what now? Got to make a move. Any at this point, exactly. at this point, anything. And if we're if we're comparing, right? If we're comparing this front office with the last front office, I know Rob Hennigan got a lot of heat, but at least the dude has some balls and made a move. Like I didn't like the move. Trading for Serge Ibaka was a terrible idea. Yeah. Right. But but at least but at least he took a he risk. Took a risk. Like said, at least he tried something different. He he did not want to be stagnant. He made a move. Whether that was a move that was pressured by Alex Martins, whether that was a move that he honestly thought was an amazing, great idea. Who knows? But at least he made a move. Yeah. And I mean, I know I tweeted this the other day. And I, I don't know how I came across this the other day, but I read this and I'm like, hey, that's the Orlando Magic. So what is the definition of insanity? It's doing the same over thing over and over again, and over expecting and different over results. And over. And that's 100% what we're doing. So on a year like this, no Markel, no J.I., Oh, Kiki's hurt again. Bamba's not playing. Everyone's getting hurt. I'm sorry, but Destiny's telling you, make a move. You got you to gotta make a decision here. And I think you got to make a decision. Um, as a fan, me and you, I, I know this 100%. We'll back up the team no matter what. You know, it is, it, we are Magic fans no matter what. But what irritates us the most is things like not knowing what's going on with Mo Bamba, not getting clear answers, yep. not seeing moves. Because if you tell me we're going to compete, we want Cole Anthony to taste the playoffs. We want that. Okay, go ahead and sign Isaiah Thomas. Go ahead and make a move. But you leave the team kind of going out there wanted every single night with no bodies and playing Jordan Bone as a backup point guard. Like, you're telling me by that that you're not competing. So which one is it? Like, which... I don't know, man. It's it's really confusing me and a Magic fan right now. <laughs> yeah, man. It's 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 honestly such a love hate relationship, um, but it is what it is. Uh, one can only hope that um, you know something happens. Guess we'll see. We'll find out soon enough. And I think that that's if there's one thing to get excited for, it's it's definitely that. So make sure you circle that day on your calendar, because um, in the wise words of Kevin Hart, it's about to go down. <laughs> I think so. I definitely think so. <laughs> but I appreciate everyone that submitted in questions. Um, it, this was a, a really fun take and something that we're going to do in the future. So definitely uh, stay tuned and watch out for that. Um, just touching base real quick on the week ahead. So Friday, we got the LA Clippers. Ooh. Sunday against the Tampa Raptors. Tuesday is against the Tampa Raptors again. And then Friday versus Chicago. What are your predictions? Uh, so LA Clippers are, are not fully healthy right now. So as, so as of today, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard may not play because they're still going through uh, COVID-19 protocols. So they may not be available. So that may give us a chance to steal a win. The Raptors have our numbers and they've had it for years. So I'm going to say we lose both of those. But is this the first time that we play the Raptors this season? I can't remember. It is. Ah, it's game one. We might have a shot. That's, that's a guaranteed, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a guaranteed win. That Sunday, that's true. that Sunday against. Well, I'll say this: because the Toronto Raptors is the Tampa Raptors. It's a little different. That's true. It's a little different. That's true. It's a, it's a different. You don't have to worry about all those team. fans yelling. That's true. Um, so I think we go two and two. I think we beat the Clippers if they are still shorthanded on Friday, and I think we beat Toronto one of those two games or Chicago on Friday. So I'm gonna go two and two. If we do any worse than that, man, again, look at the schedule. It ain't pretty after that. So if we don't pile up some wins here, again, that may force the hand of our front office to make some moves that they don't want to make. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say the the same prediction that you said. Um, but I don't see us winning three games. So I I guess I'm going to go one and three, and I'm I'm going to stick to the game one against the Raptors. I'm going to go against that the Sunday win. Um, man, it's it's just a, the the team that we have right now is just so unpredictable. Um, that you really just don't know what you're getting. At times they they match a level of play against the team that they're playing. And at times, uh, you know that they're able, they have the capabilities of playing a lot better and shots aren't falling, passes aren't being made to, to the right man. There's so many different aspects that you really just don't know. And that's, that's the yeah. hardest part. I got to tell you, I'm tuning in every game and I'm going to every game. I just want to see Cole Anthony. I want to see if Mo Bamba actually plays. Like, there's, there's different things that I'm looking at when I go to games now rather than just, again, like it, like you said, it's such a weird vibe right now. Like, I don't know how to feel. Do I want to win? Do I want to lose? Do I? I know which is going to perform no matter what, but I'm not excited seeing AG and Fournier take over and take 15, 20 shots a game. Like, that's not, no. I've seen that happen so many times. He's scoring, man. He's he's providing he's providing support to a, a Nikola Vucevic that is kind of carrying it all on his back right now. Get the trade value up. Average twenty five points a game the rest of the way. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, let's wrap this up. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, my man, Cole Anthony. Man, I I want to see him continue to be aggressive. Uh, he played really well on Monday. He definitely outplayed um, Lamelo Ball. I know we didn't really touch on that too much, but. He, both games he did. Um, so that was great to see. I just want to see him continue to be up there in the leaderboards, um, in the rookie of the year category. He's getting recognition in national media. Um, and that's only going to help us, man. We, we need anything we can to help us get national attention and hopefully get some free agents or a good trade happening our way. Um, so I want to see Cole Anthony continue to play hard, do the right things, um, and just, again, play smart basketball, which is going to keep him on the court. There, there's currently talks uh, in regards to there actually being an all-star game right now. Voting is in session. Get my man Nikola Vucevic into the all-star game. We deserve that bright spot. Have Orlando Magic have a player who well deserves it for carrying this team on his back to represent the Orlando Magic in the all-star game. This dude deserves to be a two-time NBA all-star. Vote repost i'm not sure if they're still doing the text message thing i, I gotta read into it do whatever you have to do to get this man in there he deserves it make it happen 100 percent agree yep on that note thank you so much for listening it's a wrap peace peace thank you for listening to the ozone podcast the voice of magic fans be sure to visit our website theozonepod.com And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.